There's 162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Donaldson strike out again or seeing Judge hit 62 bombs. Bang! Bogart's leaving town, Kike making plays or Kenley closing the door. Debating with your friends, making dumb bets, or complaining about the umps again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Let's go, y'all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. Man, Fred, Gamby and Beal made a podcast. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast, a podcast produced by two best friends who despise each other's baseball teams, but love each other anyways. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in now to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am one of your hosts, the Yankees fan of this podcast, and honestly, right now, I don't want to associate myself with the Yankees, but I am Andrew Gambardella III. Nonetheless, I still love the Yankees franchise. It's just not going to be our year. And joining me, as always, I don't know why I've delayed this so long on this podcast, but as always, Mr. Matthew David Beal, the Red Sox fan of this podcast. Beal, I'm guessing you're feeling a little bit better about your baseball team right now than I am. I'm I'm feeling all right. Uh, coming off a uh, very hot six-game winning streak. Wait, that doesn't sound right. No, eight-game winning streak um, is is nice. Uh, I can't complain. Yeah, I'm a glad you corrected yourself. Sweep of the Blue Jays was nice. Um, unfortunately, we lost yesterday, but you know every good thing has to come to an end sometimes. So it's just it is what it is. But yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit happier than you are. Yeah, the Yankees still sit and last in the AL East. And, yeah, we'll get there at the end of the show. We finish with baseball like we do pretty much every episode. We finish with baseball because that's what this podcast is all about. Except for the ones we don't. Except for the ones we don't when there, <laughs> when there isn't baseball. But there's that includes base- all the podcasts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, like half of the podcast, I think we finished with baseball. Yeah, no. Baseball season, like eight months out of the year. But today's episode, it will be one of those where we finish with baseball, but we will start with the NBA playoffs and your your Denver Nuggets. We'll, We'll get right into it. Denver came out at home in Denver, looked unbeatable, and looked like they just outmatched the Suns. And then Chris Paul got hurt. And I told you last week that this team, this Suns team, is going to get better with him off the floor. I don't know why. Maybe it's because Chris Paul is past his prime. He's still a solid player. Don't get me wrong. He's a good role player and a good starter to have. But for some reason, he just has some sort of bad juju whenever he's on the court for in the playoffs. It's never worked out for him. So... I thought it would be better with Cameron Payne, who's most notably known for dancing with Russell Westbrook years ago. 
um, pregame dance routines, and he keeps the vibes high. And I think the vibes were high in Phoenix, and they were able to, to tie the series. No disrespect here, Gamby. But this had nothing to do with Chris Ball. This had everything to do with Devin Booker shooting 70% from the field over the last two games and putting up, what was it, 38 and then like, I don't know, 36 or something? I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look up the numbers. But um, the dude just absolutely balled out. Um, uh, as I'm pulling up the numbers here. It was 36 uh, in the second game. Okay, 36 in the second game. That's where I was getting 36 from. I think it and was 40, 40. 47 in the first okay. game. Yeah, yeah. So Phoenix. almost a 50 bomb. The dude is just unstoppable. Like, hand in the face, hand nearly on the ball, and he does not miss. Like, it, he's just – he's a playoff performer. And, like, I mean, hats off to D-Book. I, I definitely at times in his career have uh, underestimated him. But – uh but yeah, that dude is just killing it. And Kevin Durant finally realized that all he needed to do was drive. Um, in the first two games, I mean, not that he looked bad because it's Kevin Durant, but he looked bad for Kevin Durant. Um, he just wasn't kind of shooting the ball at the volume and uh, percentage that he normally does. And it, I mean, he just has very high standards. It's not like he was shooting poorly and he was putting up mid twenties to 30 points a game, but um but he's become way more efficient, uh, way more of a volume scorer, attacking the paint and attacking the weak nuggets, uh, you know, paint. It, it's just it's made it very easy for him to go to the line. Um, and I think he went from the Suns went from having like four free throws in game two to KD having 16 free throws on his own. So, I, I mean, that turned the tide of the series, I think, just. You know, Devin Booker and KD realizing, you know, that they they had uh, a great opportunity at the rim. And that kind of uh, allowed them to get points even when the offense was a little cold. So, um, yeah, the, the Suns definitely made a huge adjustment. adjustment. Um, this, the Nuggets, though, honestly, you know, I, I'm going to give uh, kind of all the respect here to the Suns and uh, I, but I will say about the Nuggets, they have looked very good in the last two games. Um, I, I, they've looked pretty poor defensively, as I mentioned, but it's not unusual for the Nuggets to look bad defensively. They're just usually able to outscore their opponents. Um, it, they looked great defensively at home, and so I'm hoping that going back home is going to rejuvenate the defense and maybe get it going so that we can win games five and six. But We'll see, uh, I, but I will. I will say the offense has just looked incredible, and Jokic was unstoppable yesterday. It was probably one of the most dominant performances I've seen, and he put up fifty three points, and he just like he couldn't miss. Like he he pulled everything out of his bag in the post yesterday, and honestly, um, was very close to willing the Nuggets to victory, and um, we just couldn't hit the shots at the right time. Uh, last night, just like how it went Friday night. Um, if Jamal just hits half of the three-pointers he takes in the fourth quarter, Nuggets probably would have won game three, and same thing in game four. We just didn't hit the shots at the right time. And um, I, I mean, they're sticking right along with them. It, it goes down to the last 30 seconds of the game. So I'm not disappointed. I'm not 
frustrated or distraught. But honestly, like I said, hats off to the Suns. They've been able to pull it out. They've been more clutch in the fourth quarter. Um, and holding on to those close victories is the toughest thing to do when you're playing against a high-volume scoring team, which is why this Nugget Sun series always goes down to the last minute. And it's so fun to watch these games just go back and forth and back and forth. And there's so many lead changes throughout the game. And uh, honestly, I I told my brother this, who's a Suns fan, I, I was hoping this series would go seven games because that's what a Nugget Suns matchup deserves is a seven-game series, just like I hope the Warriors-Lakers go seven. Um but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's been a fun series. I'm excited for the rest of it, and it's a brand new series now. It's best of three. You're right, and the Nuggets still have home court advantage in this best of three series uh, with what's remaining. And just to to piggyback off what I was saying, Chris Paul going out made the Suns have to deepen their bench when everybody said their bench was awful as is because they had to trade so many pieces for Kevin Durant to assemble this roster. So last game, the Suns get 40 off the bench to the Nuggets 11 off the bench. That is the difference in this this ball game. The the Denver's Nuggets – uh, bench gave them absolutely nothing. They gave them no lift whatsoever. And the Suns, Landry Shamet was the difference down down the stretch. I don't, he was incredible. I don't, I don't he couldn't think miss. We we could be saying his name. Uh, I, I didn't think we would be saying his name at any time during any time during this playoffs. But he went off in that fourth quarter. He made four threes. He couldn't miss. And the reason be, of that is. Kevin Durant and D- Devin Booker were getting doubled and they were running a pick and roll just between themselves. That is a scary pick and roll. And if they have a third guy like this, a shooter on the wing, who's knocking down shots, this team is that much more dangerous. And I don't think Shemet is even on the floor. If Chris Paul is in this game, which Probably is why, not. which Probably is not. why I think, I think this not, to say that the Suns would have lost this game with Chris Paul. But the momentum has definitely shifted. And if I was a Nuggets fan like you, I'd be shaking in my boots because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are better closers than the pick and roll of Jamal Murray and Jokic. Jokic and Jamal Murray have excellent chemistry. Jokic should probably should have won back-to-back-to-back MVPs this year. But he, he had a game where he went for 53 points and 11 assists. And they still didn't win. I mean, I, you got to be like, they they played a pretty incredible game and they still did not get the job done. I would be worried, to say the least, if I was a Nuggets fan. But I'd also be worried if I was a Suns fan because how could you expect Devin Booker to keep shooting 70%? The offense in this series yeah. has been ap- out of this world. And I hope it continues this way because the shot making is just has been incredible to watch. Yeah, and honestly, that's the thing that I fall back on. Like, as a Nuggets fan, that's the thing that I do have confidence in is, you know, Devin Booker is a great scorer, and I I don't underestimate his ability at all. I'm not going to sit here and say that he can't do what he did in games three and four again because people said that after game three, and he did the exact same thing in game four. So, like, I'm I'm not going to discount him 
but I do know Jokic and I know his game and he set records for effective field goal percentage this year for field goal percentage overall and has been uh, by, you know, statistically the most efficient score in NBA history. And so I do have that to fall back on and understand that if Jokic is going to put up 20 shots, he's probably going to make north of 13 of them. And makes me very confident as a Nuggets fan because I know that we're going to get very efficient and very high percentage um, numbers from his game. Uh, And I know that that will continue. But as we saw in game three, uh, you know, or game two, we're going to run into issues when the rest of the offense doesn't look the same. And so it it really comes down to exactly that. Like who's going to be more efficient? Jokic can be the most efficient player of all time, but it doesn't really do you much when ultimately your playmaking is still the biggest part of your game. And if other people aren't able to shoot and support that, then you're going to have trouble winning games. And in game two, it was very close game and we barely won. Um, but I do have more confidence. I, I have confidence in Jokic alone. I won't say more than Devin Booker at this point because he's a man on fire. He's a man on a mission. And I'm not going to underestimate him again. You're going to um, underestimate gonna expect him to do that. <laughs> Kevin Durant, though, doesn't make that I'm, same sentence. I'm, I'm not going to underestimate Kevin Durant, but he's not the leader of this team right now. And no, it, that's been right. very clear to me. You're and right. So I'm going to let it go down honestly all these games have gone down to the leaders it's gone down to a Jokic Booker battle and I'm not going to say I have more confidence in Jokic but the numbers do show me that we have something in Jokic and we have something that I can trust in and honestly that's that's all I'm hoping for I I know that he's going to continue doing his thing I just don't know if it's going to be enough to you know outlast Booker and the Suns but we're going to see I I think, you know, to be playing second fiddle to Booker right now as Kevin Durant is impressive in his own right. I mean, this is a guy who's never played second fiddle in his career, uh, except for maybe with the Warriors. You could say Steph may have been the leader of that team. But at the same time, Kevin Durant was like, he's uh, quite frankly, one of the best scorers of all time. Um it's crazy to me that Booker is leading this team, but I mean, that's who he is. He's the guy to take uh, leadership. He's a guy who takes those shots. He's not afraid of the big moment. Neither is Kevin Durant. And that's honestly what scares me the most about the Suns. Even if Booker gets a little bit cold, um, Kevin Durant's right there. So it's, yeah, I, I don't mean to not mention KD in that sense. I just mean like the way Booker's been playing, I don't know, like, he clearly is the leader of this team, at least in this series so far. In all four games, he has uh, been the leader and been the instigator on offense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the difference is Monty Williams. I, I got to give him credit as a coach. Not that Mike Malone um, for the, the Nuggets is a bad coach, uh, but Monty Williams – was forced to make adjustments with the lineup and chose to go with the likes of TJ Warren and Terrence Ross off the bench to add. They have added some scoring and an element off of the Suns bench that they haven't had this entire playoff so far. And I think they have dessert. 
I think they have played their way into playing for the entire rest of the Suns playoff run because they just give them an element of scoring and game-changing ability off the bench and shot-making ability that they haven't had with the likes of Torrey Craig or Josh Okoge um, off the bench. So I, I, I think that was a savvy move by uh, Coach Monty Williams and the Suns. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but moving on, because I don't think – honestly, I don't think either of these teams is nearly as deep or as talented. And, and that the West is wide open because it is so talented. Um, and that's what everybody was saying coming into this playoffs. And I think every West team right now looks better than every single East team still left in the playoffs. That That's just my opinion. Um, but I think Lakers-Warriors winner – this series has been excellent so far. Game four tonight. It's pretty much what must watch TV. It's just sad that it, the games don't start until nine or 10 o'clock. So I can only watch the games that are on the weekend um, because I'm asleep by then. But of the, of the parts of the games that I've have been able to watch LeBron and AD Steph and clay, the battle has been as advertised, but the supporting cast for the Lakers has stepped up much more than the likes of the supporting cast for the Warriors. Jordan Poole has been way outplayed by his counterparts of D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder, or Schroeder, I don't know how, how to say it. Jared Vanderbilt has played excellent defense for the Lakers. And Draymond's been Draymond. Kevon Looney's been, been solid. Um, but the Warriors bench, which is usually – has been pretty – good all year um, with DiVincenzo and, and Poole coming off the bench. They, they have not played well in this series yet. So I, I don't know. I, I think if they don't play well and they don't have good games to give Steph and Clay and Wiggins uh, rest in scoring, um, it, they're going to struggle to win this series. And, and I don't think they do. I think they won't win another game. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. The Lakers just look like the better team, and um, I'm I, you know I I think the <laughs> the Suns and Nuggets are still in a series, and you got to think about each other right now. But if, if I were either team, I'd be scared of the Lakers. They just yeah. look like they're clicking on on all forms, and yeah, I I also have them winning. Uh, honestly, the rest of the games in the series. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers got got 12 from Lonnie Walker off the bench, who, who stood up, and Hachimura has been fantastic off the bench for them. So, and not to – I I mean, Austin Reeves has also been out of this world as an undrafted rookie. Um, so, I, I don't know. I don't know where the Warriors turn. I'm sure Steve Kerr is going to make some adjustments, and this team is going to be – just fine um honestly so yeah i I think the warriors are going to win at least one more game i would not be shocked if they win game four tonight at home um but i i think i think you're we're looking at lakers are in five or six i think they're just the better defensive team and they're much better down low and getting to the rim and i don't know if the warriors can make enough threes um to offset the the layups and free throws. I mean, the war, the Lakers have just been in both their wins. They shot over 35 free throws. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's death 
it's death by the the free throw line for the Lakers. And, and I don't think, I mean, with the way the, the referees are calling the game, I don't, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So um, we'll see, but I, I think the Lakers are doing a great job of being aggressive and getting to the rim. And I, uh, as much as I hate to say this, this LeBron led team with the likes of Anthony Davis and, and uh, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of quality Robins on this team um, after LeBron and AD, they have great depth um, two way players. So I, I'm sticking with the Lakers this week as my champion. Um, but we'll go over to the East. Um, we'll start with the, the Heat and the Knicks. The, I, this series could be summed up in two words, and it's Jimmy Butler. He plays, It's I think it's the Heat's series to lose. Yeah, I agree. I love the Heat, and I love Jay Butt. So, yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> – I think we're done talking about that series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm always going to root for the heat. So, yeah. So Jimmy Butler in that one. And then we have Celtic Sixers, big rivalry matchup. I don't know what the hell the Celtics were doing down the stretch yesterday. I didn't not, watch it. Not not, I did not calling a timeout. End of OT. James Harden hits a three. Hits a three to go up one. There's 12 seconds on the clock. The Celtics don't even get a shot off. They come up. Joe Mazzullo, the Celtics head coach, lets them play on. And for the second straight time, the Celtics and Sixers were tied up with the Celtics had six seconds or six to eight seconds left in regulation to win the game. Tatum takes it to the rim, gets doubled, but has a contested layup. He has... He has Tyrese Maxey on him, and there's a five to five inch difference in height, five six inch difference in height there. So he could just elevate, take a shot, albeit slightly contested, um, from five feet away from the rim to win the game both times. Instead, he decides to flip it back out to Marcus Smart for three. In regulation, Smart was just short, misses, and in OT. Smart makes the shot, but half a second too late. The ball was still on his hand when the buzzer went off. So, I to me, I think the Sixers and Doc Rivers, I mean, kind of just outcoached the Celtics and got their guys shots down the stretch. James Harden hit a huge three. Joel Embiid made the big bucket to tie it in regulation, and, and P.J. Tucker – I mean, the unsung hero of the game got a rebound and won when they were down three with a minute left to go in regulation when it looked like they were dead. Um, but that's just what P.J. Tucker is. He's got championship pedigree, and he's one of the best, most reliable, most reliable, uh, I would say, glue guys um, in the league because with him on your team, you know, you got a guy that's behind you and it's going to bring the physicality and going to bring the energy on both ends of the floor. And, and he's a great leader to have on a roster. I, I don't know the way the Celtics have struggled in close games down the stretch makes me worried for this team because Tatum should have taken one of those shots. He should have. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I mean, he is the star of this team. You have a guy you can you know you can get the shot off whenever you want over a guy. He got the switch with Maxi both times and passed up the shot both times. I don't know why he's trying to make the right play, I guess, but it's it's not the right play to get Marcus Smart a three-pointer who's not a very good three-point shooter. I'd get it if it was Jalen Brown sitting there wide open for three. That's okay. That's a good look. That's your Robin. That's your your guy. But Marcus Smart, I mean, I don't know. But I don't know where this series is going. It has been it has been pretty sensational watch. A lot of close hard fought games, except for game two of this series. So I am uh, I'm puzzled to say the least who I think is going to come out of this series. I'm going to stick with the Celtics for now, though. Uh, yeah, honestly, I have the Sixers. The same playoff late game mistakes that you're talking about, I feel like I've seen for years from the Celtics. Um, I know they're in the play uh, the finals last year, obviously, but like I just I feel like they've always had this like hard time eclipsing a, a certain like peak. I, I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's related to Tatum. Uh, he seems very willing to take, uh, you know, the, the late game shots, but it just, there's some intangible feeling that I get about the Celtics and they just, they seem to collapse late in the year. And I I don't know if it's, you know, being tired or not having, not making the right coaching decisions or not being able to make those split second decisions that other teams can make, but there's just like a, a certain quality of like guys like James Harden. That's just so cerebral. They seem to know exactly what they need to do at end of games. And like, I just, I, you know, Tatum has made some game winners, but I, I also feel like the Celtics offense it seems like a team that's just like very <laughs> like easy to collapse at the end of games. And I always attribute it to those players being young and not having experience, but they have the experience. Now they're not that young anymore. Um, and there's just something that Embiid and Harden have that they don't. And, like, it's just, I don't know. I can't explain it. Like I said, it's intangible to me. But, like, it's just, it's a feeling that I get about the Celtics. I, I think I just feel easy about them when they're in the playoffs. Yeah. It, the only thing that makes me, I mean, looking at the Celtics roster, I, I just think it's, from the eight guys they're playing versus the eight guys that are playing for the Sixers. Not that this, the, they're, they're just slightly better, um, like, at the top. Like, I would probably – well, Embiid right now is playing incredible. So, I think, I think you know, you can't really count out the team that has the best player on the floor, which I think is the Sixers um, with Embiid right now with the way he's playing on both ends of the floor. Um, but – the Sixers for me ride on James Harden and the way he's playing. Because when he had his game one and his game four, he put up 40 in both of those games. He doesn't need to put up 40, but he needs to put up third. I think he needs to put up 25 and facilitate well and, and not turn the ball over like he did in games two and three when he just looked like he was seeing ghosts on the court. If yeah. if he if he plays a solid game, the Sixers team will be in it. If he doesn't, they're going to get blown out of the water. 
and they yeah. don't they don't stand a chance because I think the Celtics share the basketball better on the floor, and and they can have guys like Brogdon coming off the bench um, who can who can go off for twenty. Um, and yeah, I, and I don't think I don't think the Sixers have that. Yeah, uh, that's true. Bench. So that's true. Yeah, that's so. I'm gonna stick. That this is going to be the first week of the five weeks so far that we've done this. Uh, this is going to be the first week where I'm going to stick with my finals prediction. I'm going to go Lakers Celtics with the Lakers winning still. I, I think yeah. this has been like the NBA playoffs of ratings to try to get the NBA back on the right track. Their ratings have been trending downwards over the past couple years. And I think this is their attempt to, to come back to – you know, at least, you know, be somewhat in in competition with the NFL. Uh, so I think it's Lakers Celtics, two all-time franchises. Fair enough. I think it's uh, two all-time franchises and the Nuggets and the Sixers. <laughs> you have all-time, never baby. you have okay. never wavered, and I would love, I would much rather see Nuggets Sixers in the finals <laughs> than I would. Lakers, it's the new Celtics. age, baby. It's new, the new age of basketball. Yeah, back to the old, old big men. Back to the, uh, back to the olden days. I would but love play to see making that. big men now. Yes, yes, I agree. I would love to see that. Uh, I just don't think I, I can't see it happening. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope I'm wrong there. And what I haven't been wrong about this year is how I felt the Yankee season would go. That brings us into what we're going to finish with today, which is baseball. The Yankees, they're still done to me. They're done. You know, they showed some hope this week, and they come back. They win a 3-2 game in Tampa to tie the series at 1-1. Then we're up 6-0 in the rubber game. 6-0 with Garrett Cole on the bump. Garrett Cole starts struggling, walking guys. Boone leaves him in too long. Shocker that Boone made the wrong move. Absolute shocker. We make one error. Jake Bowers drops a ball in left field, leading to uh, the tying run in the game. I think that was in the, the fifth or sixth inning. And we they fight. The Yankees fight the whole way with, with at-bats. Then they get, they get to extra innings. And... And obviously they lose. Otherwise, I wouldn't be so, you know, tilted still about the Yankees. But they lose. And and that's that's really all I have to say. I don't have to harp on what happened and how we couldn't get a runner in from uh, third with one out. Um, once again, classic Yankees can only hit the long ball and only hit doubles in the gaps. Uh, I thought we were changing. We steal a lot of bases. We we run the, the base pass well, but in clutch situations, we just can't get the job done. And the Rays were able to do that. Hats off to the Rays. They have the best record in baseball for a reason. I still think they're frauds because they played three close games against the Yankees team. That does stink right now. So they are fraudulent. And I don't think the Rays are winning anything this year. They will not win the AL. That's all I have to say from this week. Yeah. The Red Sox are good. 
Okay, good talk. <laughs> the Red Sox are good. Uh, I've enjoyed watching the Red Sox in the past week. I uh, uh, I think they're good. Chris Sale, also good. Masataki Yoshida, really freaking good. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's so much I could say about Masa right now. He's just on another planet. Still has his nice little... Uh, I think it's like 16 or 17 game hitting streak going. Um, so yeah. Not very little anymore. Safe to uh, say that was a pretty good signing. He's absolutely raking. Um, yeah. Verdugo's looking really good. Jaron Duran's batting like 400. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I like it. I, I'm, I'm having fun with baseball. Um, they completed the sweep against the Blue Jays uh, since we last talked. Uh, we were two games into that series, won the last two, won the first two against uh, the Phillies um, with Bryce Harper back, Chris Sale obviously with a massive strikeout that he was just pumping 99 by Bryce Harper. Um, so that was really cool to see. Unfortunately, dropped the game last night, but ended up going 4-1 and one, uh, since the last we talked. I guess 3-2, and two, but... Um, thinking that they would, you know, win the Blue Jay series with three games uh, to one and then win the Philly series two games to one. Little did I know um, they ended up sweeping the Blue Jays. So I was one game off, but yeah. you know, don't get a mark for that. I was one game off as well as uh, as the Yankees went two and two instead of one and three. I did not think uh, they would win win that last game against uh, – against the twins, but they did, um, or no, the guardians. Why do I always get those teams mixed up? But they did. Uh, they showed a little bit of life this week and I love the young players on this roster and some great stories on this roster. I mean, the reliever in the bullpen, Ian Hamilton has been excellent and he's been battling his way through the minors his whole career. So a lot of feel good stories on this roster and, and Volpe is for re- He looks for real. He looks like he's going to be the Yankees shortstop slash second baseman, whatever he ends up um, playing at full time for a long, long time. And I'm, yeah, there are things to be excited about. It's not all in the dumps for us Yankees fans, uh, but it kind (laughs) of, it kind of feels that way for this year, coming into the year, thinking that you're going to compete for a championship and knowing already at this point, this team just doesn't have it um, is, is kind of upsetting. Uh, but other than that, I, I think the Yankees will be exciting because they play a lot of young, young guys. So they'll at least be exciting to watch. And this week uh, they get the athletics back at home for a three game set. And then the Rays in a four game set at home. Um, so they have seven games this week. No days off, all at home. I think this homestand is going to be very good for the Yankees. Uh, I I think it's going to be our first uh, positive week of over 500 baseball in a a few weeks. And uh, I think the Yankees go four and three. Nothing too crazy, but signs of life. And if we cannot beat the 8 and 27 athletics in a series – this you will hear worse than you've had the last 
two podcasts feel <laughs> about the Yankees next week? Well, I'm I'm really hoping for your own good that the Yankees do not uh, continue blowing up. But uh, yeah, I, I hate the Yankees, but I love you, Gamby. So I I do hope the best for you. Um, I don't hope that the Yankees uh, beat the Red Sox. Um, I don't really want them to finish top four in the division, but I want them to be good enough so that you don't implode. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, fair enough. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Anytime. I, Anytime. I feel the same for you. I know you had different expectations, and there was much different expectations on the Red Sox coming into this year. Um, and they are exceeding those expectations so far. So I hope that they at least meet your expectations, but I I hope that they stop exceeding your expectations. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I can't blame you for it. So the same way. Likewise. Um, yeah, so Zach's got the Braves next two days. Nice little off day today. Much needed. Um after going on a nice uh, eight-game win streak. And then off day on Thursday, which is also nice. Uh, so, nice little two-game set against the Braves um, tomorrow and Wednesday. I think we're going to take one of them. The Braves are a very good team, very good offense. So, I'm a little bit afraid, but, you know, I, I still feel like we, you know, can split that two-game series. Uh, and then I think we're going to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals this weekend who's also a very good team. Uh, obviously, very, very well-known for their defense, um, but also young talent, uh, as well as a couple of MVP-caliber guys on the corner um, by the names of Arenado and Goldschmidt. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I do think we're going to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals for the series. Um, and going into next week against... Uh, the Mariners and Padres, we're going to need some momentum. So, yeah, let's uh, let's call it four out of five. So, good four and one record this week. All right. Uh, four and one? Yeah. Oh, did they already play today? No. No, they're not playing today. They're off today and Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Short week. Yeah, that is a short week. Four and one. Okay. Need the rest. All right. That is that is a that is a pretty uh, wild prediction, but uh, no, no. Yeah. All right. That's very hopeful. Um, We've got Atlanta and St. Louis this week, and then Seattle and the Padres next week. So we gotta we gotta take some games, like you because gotta, this is not an easy stretch. Yeah, you gotta take advantage of this week because next week's not looking that great. I I like I like it. I don't yeah. I don't hate it. You've always been optimistic about the Red Sox this year, and I I hope my little optimism this week, saying that the Yankees will go over five hundred, helps this team exceed those expectations uh, but that does it for us we're still tied at two in the season series with when it comes to predictions Beal have an excellent rest of your week all of our listeners have a great excellent rest of your week thank you for tuning in as always we love y'all enjoy your brunches your lunners your sunsets and your sunrises um, it has been beautiful weather can't wait for the summer 
It's almost here. And Beal, as always, take us out. Go Nuggies.